Uh, am I live on the uh, ComedySchoolsRadioNetwork.com channel? We are live on ComedySchoolsRadioNetwork.com. You should give this a listen sometime. Uh, I know uh, most people are watching us on social media, but you should definitely, without a doubt, sometimes give it a um, give it a listen. We are now live on YouTube on the Comedy Schools channel. I just got a notice on my phone that I'm live. So uh, if you subscribe, you'll get a notice too. So now, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to go live on Facebook Live. You know, I, uh, there's something called IGTV. It's Instagram TV. I'm thinking about, uh, I'm thinking about checking that out as well to see, uh, to see what can go on there. Uh, we are live everywhere, ladies and gentlemen. Good afternoon. It is Friday, Good Friday, uh, April 10th, 2020. My name is Tony Visick, and you are watching and listening to Living on a Thin Line, this is our daily podcast that we do, your daily distraction from uh, so much of what's going on in the world. I'm not a doctor or a scientist or a politician uh, or uh, an epidemiologist or any of those things. I'm just a guy, just like you. So I'm not going to be uh, telling you my theories or my conspiracy theories or my opinions. Uh, we're just dealing with fun stuff here during the day. That is the plan. Now, like I said, it's Good Friday, uh, religious services uh, all over the world, uh, and then, of course, Easter on Sunday. Um, Todd Fisher said, I'm very busy, but I'm trying to squeeze you in, Tony. Todd, anytime, anytime, don't you worry. Just glad to see that you popped in. Uh, a good friend of ours, and he'll pop on later on, possibly, but he's filming a Trey Goodman films a uh, worship service in Scottsdale. So uh, that is on, um, and when he pops on, if he does pop on, uh, I will uh, give you the website, but here locally, it's an AZ7 TV. So a lot of people be doing that. I may look at something like that today. It had occurred to me on occasion, especially in my later adult life, to become a little more grounded in the spiritual aspect. And if you're doing that, if you're doing that, my hat's off to you. I got fun things to show you today as people start coming on. We'll be telling you some fun things we got going on here. We got Robert Morgan just showed up from New York City. Hello, Robert. Uh, Robert, last night I talked to another resident of New York, another than Kirsten Alberts, uh, uh, who is an alumni of uh, comedy schools, uh, and uh, now a very funny female comedian, lives in New York, was giving me some updates on her area in Manhattan, and she works at a, uh, she works, uh, at a coffee shop right downstairs from where her apartment is, and she, of course, is now quarantined with her boyfriend and her dog. I don't, not of course. Why would I say of course? Alan Chamberlain, Alan Chamberlain, I have a question for you, if you don't mind my asking, sir. It's a, it's a silly little question, okay? Uh, silly question. I was in, uh, Alan, if you're listening, I was in uh, uh, Los Angeles a few months ago, and my daughter lives in the like, Culver City area. She lives like down by Hyperion, and we were going to walk up to the farmer's market, and I had to go to a bank, uh, and I forget which street it was on. But uh, I was walking up the street, and uh, there's an office building there, and I believe some entertainment, um, some entertainment uh, offices there. And I was walking down the street to the bank, and I saw a man come out of a door with two of the guys talking, and I swear to God, it was you, Alan. But then you kind of looked at me, I kind of looked at you, and is that Alan? And you kind of looked at me like, do I know that guy? But uh, I think you then walked into the garage or wherever, and I, I continued on. So, Alan, if you're hearing this, I want to know, do you guys have offices there in like the West L.A. area near Farmer's Market? Um, and I'm not really describing it very well right now, 
but uh, I wish I would have said hello if it was you. Uh, my brother Jerry's here. My uh, my dear, dear friend from, as she describes it, the boom, the comedy boom, which she helped perpetuate, uh, much to the delight of audiences and comics. Sandy DePerna Phillips is here. Shale Brenner, very funny uh, local lady. Champ de Blasio, good to see you. Ernie Green, good to see you. People are popping on. We're going to have some fun stuff to talk about today. Champ says, yo, uh, David Van Winkle, okay, uh, a.k.a. David John has joined us. Hi, everybody. We're going to, like I said, today is Good Friday. Uh, we're waiting to see if Trey Goodman, who's a regular, um, a regular uh, viewer of what we do and is a uh, film director, television director here in Phoenix, if he's going to pop on because he films uh, church services here in town as well. Uh, and if he would tell us then if you're interested in that sort of thing, if you're in Phoenix, you can watch the church services that he films on AZ uh, TV uh, and then also online. Nancy Yamins is watching from the old days of comedy school. Hello, Nancy. Welcome, everyone. So uh, we've made it through another day. Here we are. Okay. Uh, what did I do today? Shirley and I haven't really left uh, our house and our yards uh, since last Saturday. Uh, we thank God that we have this space. Uh, I have walked the dog Roscoe through the park in my neighborhood. It was uh, uh, especially vacant today, uh, primarily, I think, because because of Good Friday. Uh, earlier in the week, there had always been a smattering of dog walkers and families, etc. But then we decided, let's just get in the car and go for a ride. And um, we can do that because we live out here on the edge of the desert, out on the edge of the desert. Um, well, it actually would be in the middle of the desert, but we built a bunch of houses there, so now we're on the edge of the desert. Uh, we went to Burger King, said, you know what, let's, and went through drive-thru, and, and all we really wanted, because we went off junk food, I've been eating very healthy since this has taken place, and the doctors have been telling me for years that I seriously need to lose weight, uh, even though I didn't think so, because I had confused my young man muscle weight with my old man fat guy weight, and I go, I weigh the same I did 15 years ago. Um... So I have been uh, uh, eating very, in a very healthy way, very little junk, okay, uh, very little sugar. Uh, but we decided we got to get something, and we went through a Burger King drive-thru. I don't know if any of you have, uh, uh, are doing this sort of thing yet. I mean, they're really pushing it on the media to go out and, uh, and um, um, you know, uh, support these businesses as we should if we can, as we should if we can. Uh, but we went through, and all we wanted were a couple of sodas, and uh, it's once again adjusting to a new yet temporary reality, um, uh, a new uh, a new yet temporary reality. There was four cars. The line was extremely long, and all we ordered were a couple of uh, uh, diet cokes. Hey, I'm going to show it to you right here. Look at that. There you go. Uh, there you go. I haven't had one of these in ages, and all it is is soda water and syrup. I don't know if you know, but. Most places, bars and stuff, this is where you make your money. You're making money off of uh, syrup and water that gets mixed together into something called a soda. But it tasted delicious, but it was $3.50. $3.50, which right now is a pretty big, uh, uh, a pretty big expenditure for the, uh, the Visick family and ComedySchools.com enterprises. I'm going to have a drink of it right now. Mm-hmm. Tasty. Oh, that's so Tasty. We were a little shocked, but we decided that was our Good Friday dinner. Um, and then we drove uh, um, west, uh, basically west on uh, the 347, out past Harris Casino, 
pretty large casino and entertainment facility. Not large by, say, Las Vegas standards, but pretty large out here. Uh, been modernized quite a bit over the years. And, of course, the parking lot's deserted. It's just a strange thing to see. But then you go further out, and you're just in the desert. Absolutely beautiful. Absolutely gorgeous. Um, I'm going to – this is just me, okay? I'm telling you one of the things I'm doing is I'm making sure that uh, with safe social distancing, and I can do that with a backyard and a front yard and living in a uh, sort of suburban environment, that I'm getting outside in the sunlight uh, and out into the fresh air. And right now, man, the air is fresh. Getting out in the fresh air as much as possible uh, because that's good for you. It's healthy. Uh, don't stay totally. If you can avoid it, and I know some can't because of the living uh, circumstances, avoid just being inside in a closed up environment the entire time. Safe social distancing, etc. all the protocols in place. But if you have a backyard, spend some time in your backyard. You got a front yard, spend some time in your front yard. If you can go for a walk safely, go for a walk safely. It's going to be good for you. You got to keep exercising. You got to take care of yourself. All right. Hello, Randy. Angela Fox says, I remember Maricopa was a gas station and a bar. Uh, when I built my house out here, it was a gas station and a bar. Hello, Craig Persky. Hello, Colleen Pirtle. Hello, Vince Ramirez. Uh, some of my favorite people popping up. Vince, near and dear to my heart, because he is the father of the great-grandson. Not great, just regular. Well, he's great. He's a great kid. Okay, it's not my great-grandson, but he's a grandson who is great. Uh, Sully Ramirez. Uh, those people have brought so much joy to my heart. Craig Persky, are you on the East Coast? Are you in Chicago? Uh, are you in uh, Los Angeles? Uh, Coy Johnson, watching from up in Phoenix. We got people popping in. I didn't get an answer from Alan, and I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, and I, I didn't mean to impose, but uh, if that was him that I saw in the uh, West L.A. area a few months ago, uh, and if he remembers that, because we both kind of stopped and looked at each other like, hey, is that somebody? All right, I got knick-knack paddywhack to show you here today. Uh, remember, this is important. Tomorrow night, tomorrow night, tomorrow, Saturday, we're not on at 2 p.m. Tomorrow, Saturday, we're on at 7 p.m. Saturday nights, we're doing what we call the uh, Saturday Night Comedy Jubilee. I named it after something like uh, an old 1950s, like Grand Old Opry, Louisiana Hayride. Show's not much different this show, but it's on Saturday night, and it gives us something to do on Saturday night and watch reruns. I have noticed that a lot of the uh, uh, production companies, when they find a way to do it, they're now putting on programming. Of course, the late-night talk show hosts doing late-night talk shows from their house. Saturday Night Live is going to do some sort of show this Saturday night will include weekend update. I just thought I'd give you that information if you didn't know it. Uh, we need our minds stimulated. We need our minds stimulated, even if it's that sort of weirdo stimulation of late night talk shows. Let me show you something here that might stimulate your mind. I think this is pretty cool. I'm going to show it to you right now. Take a look at that. Everybody see that on Facebook Live. Everybody see that on YouTube. Everybody see that on Facebook Live. Everybody see that on YouTube? What is that? That is a little tiny poster, and it's a very special poster because it's a Bill Graham Presents in Concert. Now, let's first talk about who Bill Graham was. Bill Graham was an amazing human being who uh, escaped Nazi-occupied uh, Europe as a young Jewish child. I heard a story, it might be apocryphal, that he and a group of kids had to march possibly all the way across France. He ended up in the United States with relatives, uh, with nothing, and... Uh, Somehow decided, he ended up in San Francisco and decided he wanted to be an actor. And he had, he had an acting troupe and he was looking for ways to raise money 
for his acting troupe. This is Bill Graham in San Francisco in the 60s, escaped from Nazi-occupied Europe as a child, now trying to raise money, and heard there were all these local bands, and he thought maybe I could hire a couple of these local bands and sell tickets. There was also another promotion company at the time called The Family Dog, and the rock and roll bands in the mid-60s in San Francisco had weird, funky, crazy names, and he actually called them up to hire them, and he go, we're not a band, we're a promotion business. But he did hire other bands with weird, funky names, like uh, uh, The Warlocks, who became The Grateful Dead, Quicksilver Messenger Service, uh, The Fugs, uh, uh, Big Brother and the Holding Company, Jefferson Airplane, and Bill Graham became a legend in mid and late 60s uh, rock music because the Fillmores became the cathedral that they all wanted to play in. Later on, as Fillmore West blew up massively, became legendary, he also opened up the Fillmore East. So this is a poster of a show that Bill Graham um, actually uh, promoted. And it is actually, um, it is actually a, uh, an original poster that we have covered and laminated. How do I know? We're, we're pretty darn sure. Uh, and who is he promoting here? Hello, Lily. He's promoting none other than Lenny Bruce. Lenny Bruce. So here's what we've got in this uh, one poster, which is kind of interesting. Bill Graham and Lenny Bruce. Bill Graham and Lenny Bruce. And Bill Graham helped, helped foster what became a new and unique sound like something never heard before, which was the San Francisco music sound. Bill Graham helped promote that in his clubs, Fillmore West and Fillmore East. Bill Graham also did something else cool, too. He was a little older than uh, the kids that were coming to his clubs and even the bands he was hiring. And he knew that a lot of the music the bands were playing was music from a different era, only now put through a wah-wah pedal and a fuzz guitar, you know, and some sort of weird organ sounds. But they were playing old blues music. And Bill Graham would get on stage sometime and lecture these kids and going, you don't realize that there were people who wrote these songs that you never heard of. And he started hiring great blues artists of old, guys who uh, had only been able to achieve a certain level of success, say, on um, African-American radio or with African-American records but that were not bought by white people. And putting these guys on stage, guys like B.B. King and others, and saying, now, you listen to this guy because he is incredible. So he did that. Lenny Bruce, of course. Lenny. Lenny Bruce is the great-grandfather. Uh, Arthur Belkind says, Happy Good Friday, my brother. Happy Good Friday to you, sir. Lenny Bruce is the great-granddaddy of modern stand-up comedy. Lenny Bruce, the patron saint of stand-up comedy, a man who went through living hell in order to make people laugh. It's always been, you know, we don't know what stand-up comedy is going to emerge to be uh, post uh, the corona era. We don't know what it's going to be. We know initially right now a lot of it's going to be on uh, new social media, things like Zoom shows. When I'm doing a Zoom show April 17th uh, on Zoom with uh, a bunch of uh, workshop attendees, some of who are like veteran comics, but they're just uh, uh, they're uh, sprucing up their stuff, where you'll be able to join on Zoom and we'll be able to hear you laughing. So it'll be like TV, only we can also see your faces. Uh, I don't know what it's going to merge to be, but what really kind of I found interesting in the last few years was the uh, comics policing other comics, what they could talk about in, in a moralistic way. So Lenny Bruce was a guy who broke barriers. Lenny Bruce was a guy 
who introduced topics and subject matter and language into stand-up that heretofore had not existed. He was a wild guy. He was a junkie. He was married to a stripper. He liked to smoke and drink and dance and party. Brilliantly funny guy. Brilliantly funny guy. Okay? Uh, and then after a while, he became uh, a cause celebre for conservatives as he got arrested in every city he went to because of language. They were arresting and putting a comic in jail for the words that he said. Can you imagine that? Some of you that are comics out there, you do a show and afterwards you walk out and they arrest you because you know, you know, you said fuck. All right. Uh, he went through a lot. His cases went all the way to the Supreme Court. It got, it got to be a thing any town he played in. If a district attorney found out, they then put out a warrant for Lenny Bruce because they had to because that's what you did. He used to play in Los Angeles at a place called Ciro's. He used to play in Los Angeles at a place called Ciro's. And there was another club right across the street, and I can't remember the name of it. Ciro's later on became the Comedy Store. But at the time, it was a supper club called Ciro's. Uh, it's a place where Frank Sinatra famously punched out a newspaper reporter, uh, Drew Pearson, I believe, and then got a reputation as a tough guy, even though Sinatra only weighed 112 pounds. Um, and Lenny figured out maybe if I cuss in Yiddish, they can't arrest me because they don't understand the words. So the cops would go in and line the walls. Remember, going, imagine going to a comedy club. Imagine going to a comedy show with your date, with your wife, with your husband, your boyfriend, a bunch of people. And on the back wall are a bunch of uniformed police officers just waiting for Lenny Bruce to say something. And like so many comics, couldn't help himself. Stuff comes out of our mouth. Every comic in the world has said on more than one occasion, said something like, oh, I shouldn't have said that. Oh, I shouldn't have said that. So what Lenny was doing in Los Angeles was cursing in Yiddish, using words like shtup and schmuck. He was using words like that. And the cops would go back and they go, did you arrest him? The captain go, did you arrest him? Did you arrest that comic? Did you arrest that dirty comic, dirty Lenny? And they go, no, he didn't cuss. They go, he didn't cuss. He cusses every show. And he go, hey, he didn't cuss, man. He didn't say anything. And you got to remember that Ciro's was in West Hollywood. In West Hollywood... To this day is, but especially back then, a wild and woolly place, kind of outside, right outside the city limits of Los Angeles, uh, with laws unto themselves, and very colorful in the way that those laws are applied and whom they're applied to. Um, I'll tell you some West Hollywood stories in the coming week from the years that I lived there and worked there in the uh, libations industry. Um, and they go, no, he's using these words, I don't know, stup, what does that mean? I don't know, you know? And... Uh, Somebody goes, well, it sounds like he's cussing in like, well, he's Jewish. He must be cussing in Jew. There was one police officer on the entire Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department who was Jewish. This is in the 60s. Every cop is white. No black cops, no Latino cops, no female cops. One Jewish cop, Sherman Block. And they asked me, do you speak Yiddish or do you speak Jewish or whatever you people talk? And he went, yeah, I do, I do. Said, you go down and watch and see if he cusses in Yiddish. And if he does, you arrest him. And Sherman Block went to Ciro's and stood in the back. And when Lenny used words like shtup, he goes, there, he's talking about, he's talking about having sex. And they arrested him for speaking, cussing in Yiddish. The club would bail him out. He'd come back. Sometimes he got bailed out between shows. They'd arrest him. And he'd go home and the second show he'd be back. You know, it became insane. Mart Saul tells a story of working at the club across the street. And oftentimes the manager of Ciro's would run across the street to that club 
and say, hey, they just busted Lenny. Can you come in and do the second show? And he'd come in and do the second show. So I could get off on a tangent there about Old West L.A. and Ciro's and, and the club that was across the street that I used to eat in, eat in uh, restaurant I used to go to. Angela Fox says, I'm sorry, I got to go, everyone. Have a great day. Vires free. Yes. Hello, Kevin Brown. So here we got a man who helped foster America, modern American rock music in the 60s, and a man who, all right, created modern-day stand-up because he was the one now doing a neurotic walk through someone's head. And um, Bill Graham presents in concert Lenny Bruce, okay, at Geary and Fillmore Streets at the Fillmore Auditorium, June 24th and 25th. Admission, adults only, get this now, Admission, adults only, $2.50, 9 p.m. Friday and Saturday, and in dance, the mothers. So the mothers of invention and Lenny Bruce in San Francisco for $2.50. Incredible poster. I don't know the year. I'm thinking probably around, look at it, Lenny, 66, 67, no music. Uh, Arthur Belkind is saying, I actually knew Lenny. I have the whole backstory to his Supreme Court case. We can discuss it privately. You can use it. It's fantastic. Arthur, I'm going to talk to you. I'm going to find out. We're going to talk about it. So that's just a little thing I got there. Robert Morgan had said something earlier. I'm trying to get back to it. When George Carlin was interviewed about what he said on stage, he made a point about using the power created by people who came before him to fight power, and he didn't like punching down. Yeah, that's the other thing, too. Here's a, speaking of, uh, uh, we were talking about Bill Graham, the comedy promoter, great local comedy promoter. Randy Hausner is on with us now. So um, that's our little knickknack for the day, our little novelty item. Uh, a, a actual, an actual, it's not really a poster, it's almost like a card, okay, of Lenny Bruce in San Francisco in the mid-60s on the same show with the Mothers of Invention. Pretty wild. All right. So uh, let's move on to the uh, musical uh, portion of our program. Once again, reminding you of a couple things real quick. Tomorrow we are not on at 2 p.m. I'm going to be doing yard work tomorrow at 2 p.m. Okay, uh, uh, but uh, we're not on at 2 p.m. tomorrow. Tomorrow, Saturday night, 7 p.m. Okay, 7 p.m., living on a thin line special uh, Saturday night comedy. Jubilee we'll be putting on for you, okay? Mm. Let me drink my horrible soda. I got a Burger King. Uh, I hope you're all doing well. I hope you're all finding ways to keep your minds occupied, keeping your hearts and your souls stimulated. Uh, Brian Oran is saying, is that a Red Sox pennant behind you? No, sir, it is not. They're both saying, it's, you know what? Uh, ah, you almost got me there, Brian. No, it is not a Red Sox pennant, you son of a... Gee! Brian Horan, who is, of course, uh, uh, my daughter Alicia's uh, brother... <laughs> that's a nasty thing to say anybody can tell me uh, how they're doing what they're doing what's going on if you got a topic you want to discuss before i get into um i build this show around a couple things okay i build it around uh, there's kelly wilson my original roommate uh great fun guy i knew in high school uh and afterwards and we had many uh, uh debauched adventures together as uh, teenagers who thought they were all grown up 17 and 18 year old boys hanging out in bars all day Okay, um, some of us hitchhiking around the country. Some of them go, what the hell are you doing? Um, so I kind of built this show around having some novelty. I've got all these novelty items in my house I've collected. That I just kind of throw by the wayside. And I decided I would share them with you and try to uh, fasten a, uh, fashion a story around it. And I've got tons of music, vinyl and CD, 
and show those to you. Uh, can't play them. They'll take down your video if you play them. But uh, show them to you. And maybe you want to YouTube or Google the artist I'm talking about. Maybe you used to listen to them and forgot about them. Okay, maybe you're looking for something new. You never heard them before. So you can try it. First one. Pretty cool here. Hold on. What have I got? Okay, look at that. Can we see that? I know on uh, uh, Facebook it's uh, backwards, but on YouTube it's not. By the way, um, you should subscribe to our channel, uh, Comedy Schools, on YouTube. It'll help us out. Uh, Kelly Wilson says, tell the Salina, Kansas story. All right, I'll hold off on the four tops for a second and tell you that story. Uh, two days, two days after I graduated from high school, and Kelly graduated, but he was already like gone from school. He, and, you know... Um, I think he had enough credits. A lot of us, by, by the middle of my senior year, I had enough credits to graduate, which was a dangerous thing to tell us because that means we just caused trouble the last half of uh, uh, the second semester. Um, two days after I graduated from high school, uh, a, a wonderful guy named Craig Pemberton and Sam Moffat and a guy named Electric Ed Tate and myself took off hitchhiking for Boulder, Colorado. We split up on teams it was uh, Sam and Craig together and me and Electric Ed. Sam and Craig had grown up uh, near one another in Cedar Hill, Missouri. We got thrown together in school later on. Uh, we were great high school buddies along with uh, Kelly and Wayne Schrader and a few others. Kelly's brother, Steve, um, was a little gang of people. We called ourselves the Trailer Gang because we hung out in the trailer. We're the Trailer Gang, man. Who are you guys? Oh, we're the Murphy Flats Gang. Oh, we're the Trailer Gang. We weren't gangs. I don't know. You know, kids like to do that sort of thing. Uh, and I uh, took off with Electric Ed Tate, who was a, uh, a future 1% uh, biker. At the time, he was a 1% biker, just didn't own a motorcycle. Uh, a dangerous guy, okay, uh, but uh, good, to know, good to have on your side during dangerous times. Uh, and Electric Ed and I remained friends forever. I'll tell you some stories about Electric Ed in the coming weeks. Craig and Sam hitchhiked to Boulder together. Electric Ed and I hitchhiked to Boulder together. We hang out in Boulder and... You can imagine four people with no place to go, uh, sleeping in a, a park sometimes, sleeping in a uh, hostel, finding other people to hang out with. It was everything you might think that a uh, early 70s uh, summer uh, uh, living on the streets as a young uh, pseudo-hippie kid's uh, adventure could possibly be. Sam and Craig left early. Ed took off to San Francisco, and then I had to hitchhike back home alone. And I had a job waiting for me laying asphalt. And you, you don't want to lose a job. But I'll tell you what, man, you live out there in Jefferson County. That's a good job there laying asphalt. And you got to get your, get, get, if you don't want, you won't get that job. You won't keep that job. You better get your butt back here. All right. We'll get to somebody else. Maybe you just don't like to work. Um, Coy Johnson says, ladies say I have a black butt. I guess that's a good thing. Uh, I don't know. Wash yourself, Coy. What can I tell you? Coy uh, says I'm white. Good for you, Coy. We can tell that by looking at your uh, photo. Um, uh, uh, unless it's a massive amount of pancake makeup. So um, I was headed back and a little homesick. I was only 17 years old. And I take off hitchhiking by myself from Boulder, Colorado to get back to St. Louis. I get picked up by two girls in a 1956 Chevy who are not much older than me. They're college girls and they're headed back to go to college someplace. And they drive me 500 miles, half the trip, half the trip, about a thousand mile trip and drop me off because then they're heading north or south. Okay, uh, I, I want to say they were in a 56 Chevy. I want to say that they were in a convertible. I want to say that it was a beautiful car. And now 
I'm getting a little messed. I, I, you know, I can't remember now if it was a convertible, if it was a 56 Chevy, but it wasn't a normal car of the time. So they dropped me off in the town of, hello, Judy Harrington, Salina, Kansas. I'm halfway home. I'm standing on the highway, standing on the highway with my thumb out. Got my freedom, man. Got my freedom. Free as the wind blows. 17, my backpack. Just stand there and go, someone will pick me up. I'll be home in a day or two. Who pulls up? Kansas State Highway Patrol. And they treat me the way the Kansas State Highway Patrol would treat a skinny, short, 17-year-old, long-haired kid standing on the highway in their state hitchhiking. They take all the stuff in my backpack, throw all over the ground, looking for drugs. I had no drugs on me. Okay? Then they inform me that I have to go stand at the bottom of the interstate on the ramp and hitchhike from there. I could not be up on the interstate. It was against the law. So I comply. And I go down there and I stand at the bottom of the ramp. And on the bottom of the ramp, there's a light pole. And on the light pole, people have written their stories. Was here for four days. Rednecks beat me up twice. Oh, my God. Had to sleep under this bridge for a week. It's all locals here because it was all local traffic coming under that ramp. I got kind of scared. These older people came and picked me up. They go, you, you look, you know, son, you remind us of a grandson, and uh, you look like you could use a good meal. I said, yeah, I was kind of half starved, too. I hadn't been eating. Uh, I hadn't been eating because I had been using a, um, uh, an unprescribed prescription to stay awake and feel joy all the time. Uh, I always like those uh, stay awake pills. So they took me to a restaurant, bought me a chicken fried steak. Damn, weirdest part. And then after a while, they got annoyed with me, go, well, we're taking you back. And I kind of realized why they were spending time with someone who looked like their grandson, because obviously their actual grandson uh, couldn't stand them. It's getting dark. And now I'm no longer this free spirit going through my journey in America. I'm a scared 17-year-old kid who just wants to go home. So I go, you know what? Fuck this. I mean, uh, they, they're not going to catch me again. I'll get back up there. So I climb back up on the highway. I walk up the ramp. I stick out my thumb. Who comes whizzing by within five minutes? The same Kansas Highway Patrolman who had went by before. I watch him whiz by. And they're going so fast, they think, oh, they're just going to pass me. And then I watch them do that long, ugly turn. You know what I'm talking about. You know when you've been driving down the road, you're doing like 85, and you see a cop on the other side of the freeway, the other side of the road, and you go, oh, God, okay, I, maybe they didn't see me. And then in your rearview mirror, you see them slow down and do that big, long turn. And they'll even play with you for a while because they won't zoom right up on your butt. They'll drive along for a while while he's knowing it's creating your anxiety. And then they'll zip up and give you the red lights. You know... You know, that's what they do. So what do I do? I see these cops turn around. I go, not me, buddy, not me. And I take off running through a cornfield. I'm hitchhiking next to a cornfield in Kansas. And I'm running like crazy through a cornfield. And there's one giant telephone pole, and I hide behind that because I'm smart like that. The cops pull up. They get out, and I think, they'll they'll never find me in this cornfield. How are they going to find me in a cornfield? Not knowing my God, out in that area, it's probably where they caught everybody all the time. All right, so this cop starts walking on a flashlight and he shines it right there at that telephone pole behind. He goes, son, you got a couple choices here. <clears throat> you can make me come down and get you and that's going to upset me. Or you just come on out. Come on out with your hands up. I go, oh, my God. just come on out with your hands up. And I got arrested and I spent three days in a Kansas jail. Okay, uh, uh, a fairly uneventful time, but in a, a little cell. And uh, one cop was nice. He actually liked me, and he let me uh, call my parents. 
uh, and he sat there with me. I talked to my mom and dad. My mom and dad, who I had a very contentious relationship with at the time, drove all the way out to Salina, 500 miles. My dad kissed the judge's butt. Guy going up right before me got 30 days. Judge said, well, I was understanding he tried to avoid the officer when he questioned you. It's like this kind of guy kind of sitting like this. Like, I remember the guy had his hair down. As he went up speaking to the judge. He tied the bag of a ponytail, went up and stood there. And he go, well, uh, what do you got to say for yourself? And, well, I don't know. I just, you know, didn't want to go to jail. And I go, all right, 30 days. And I watched my dad sink. And I'm going, Christ, I'm going to get 30 days. My dad went up and kissed that judge's ass. Oh, he's a good boy. It's not his fault. It's my fault. You know, uh, we... Uh, we always tell him to go out and try new things, and he, he just got carried away with it this time. And Boy, you know when I get him home, he's going to get in and ask me. And the judge went, and he said, we drove all the way out here, my, mother, my wife and I. My wife's not feeling well. And the judge let me go. And I get in the backseat of my mom and dad. We drive by an hour, and I go, I think probably next week I'll hitchhike to Ann Arbor. <laughs> I didn't hitchhike. But... Uh, uh, I became like a, a big deal with all my friends, Kelly and Craig and everybody. They wondered where I was. Uh, I was arrested in Salina, and we all thought that it had to do the, from the song Me and Bob, Bobby McGee. Somewhere near Salinas, Lord, I let her slip away. But, Kelly, the truth of the matter is, in the song, Chris Christopherson's talking about Salina, Salinas, Kansas, and I mean, Salinas, California, and not Salina, Kansas. But for all of us, that was like, wow, man, you got arrested a place where Chris Christopherson wrote a song about. Uh, and you know what? It really doesn't make any difference. It's just a story uh, from uh, that time in my life. All right, so Kelly got me to tell you a long story about getting arrested in Kansas when I was 17, which means I didn't. Uh, DJ, oh, DJ Payne is watching. Ladies and gentlemen, in the privacy of your home right now, at the end, when I'm going to go one, two, three, at the end of that, we're all going to say happy birthday, DJ Payne. It's his birthday today. Everybody who's watching, all right, you ready? One, two, three. Happy birthday, DJ. DJ is, uh, DJ is a buddy of ours. Uh, DJ is a very funny comic. DJ will be on the ComedySchools.com Zoom show April 17th. Uh, he's worked with me with ComedySchools.com now for a few years. Great setup, man. Great opening act. Very funny comic all the way around. Really has helped me run all the rooms that we promote shows in, in the greater Phoenix area and beyond. And uh, we'll be doing it again soon, DJ, you bet. But happy birthday, buddy. Happy birthday. Uh, you have the best birthday you can have. Robert Markett says, uh, happy birthday. Coy Johnson says, what's hitchhiking? Um, it's something that uh, people do when they're trying to be cute, Coy. Okay? So uh, when they're trying to be coy. Um, good to see you, DJ. I'm just so happy to have this... Uh, this crappy soda right now. Uh, Deborah Helen Gamble's watching. Deborah and I were in high school together. Um, uh, we were on the student council together. Uh, uh, she met my wife and I the last time we were in St. Louis. It's good to have so many old friends popping in. Uh, DJ Payne says, Salinas is the exact midpoint of the country. It is where the private jets stop to refuel and traveling coast to coast. Kelly Ando, uh, AAA, Jay Leno's jet uh, there once. Uh, I don't know what you mean, AAA. Um, but anyway, yeah, okay, it is the midpoint of the country. Um, I played Salina later as a, as a comic, too. Salina, Wichita, played all the big towns. That was a big name. Uh, what else can we talk about today? I was showing you the Four Tops album. I got it upside down now. Four Tops. Four Tops. Um, 
And this is um, this is not one with their. Once again, I've always got these weird albums without the hits. Uh, I got a feeling, Brenda, loving you is sweeter than ever. Shake me, wake me when it's over. Until you love someone, there's no love left. Matchmaker Michelle in the still of the night, which is a Cole Porter tune. Um, uh, Blue Zet, uh, Quiet Night, uh, Quiet Storms, and then um, almost all of these songs, especially uh, on the first uh, side, were written by Holland, uh, Holland Dozier Holland. Holler, uh, Holland Dozier Holland are the legendary songwriters of Motown that just cranked out hit after hit after hit after hit. Okay, uh, Sugar Pie, Honey Bunch, the uh, Supreme's first eight uh, uh, singles that uh, topped the charts. They wrote the songs uh, that, w- that these guys recorded. Um, if you haven't listened to the Four Tops in a while, go back and listen to songs like Bernadette, okay, and uh, Sugar Pie, Honey Bunch. They'll make you feel good. Listen to Reach Out, okay? Stunning, stunning vocals and harmony, all right? Great tunes, okay. well-produced. Uh, once again, if you go, why I didn't listen to Motown music. And I, you know, when I was a kid, I wasn't a big Motown guy because I was a rocker. I was a rocker. I want to listen to rock. I wanted to listen to, uh, you know, the Beatles and the Rolling Stones and, and uh, uh, the Jefferson Airplane and, and uh, uh, rock, man, 10 years after. Uh, so I didn't pay a lot of attention to Motown till later on. I went, they were around, those songs were around. You couldn't avoid them. You know, they were huge hits. I didn't really pay attention to just how good they were until later in life. And maybe that's why I'm telling you about it now. You might do that too. Our second album of the day. Remember, folks, tomorrow night, tomorrow, tomorrow no show at 2 p.m., show at 7. So tune in to the uh, Saturday Night Comedy Jubilee. Uh, also, I just want to mention this. Grand Funk. Yeah, I got some Grand Funk albums, DJ. I do. I was a big Grand Funk. Everybody was a big Grand Funk fan for about 15 minutes. They put out these really kind of... Uh, Far out albums, uh, songs like I'm Your Captain uh, that were uh, sort of uh, trippy, psychedelic songs. Uh, and then later on, they went out with The Locomotion and, and uh, I think We're an American Band. Totally different sound. Big hits. Uh, DJ Payne said, Pops love the railroad. Yeah, there we are. There we are. That's one of my issues is that my peer group I hang out with is all, I'm old enough to be all their fathers. Uh, I just don't think that way sometimes, but I guess I am. Uh, just want to mention real quick that uh, last night, Wednesday night, I held my advanced comedy workshop. I can't tell you how much fun it is. I can't tell you how much we enjoy doing it. I can't tell you how great it is to have everybody together in one space interacting like that. It is just wonderful. And last night, I did my first uh, Zoom era beginning workshop, six people. One from Ohio, one from Australia, the rest from right here in the greater Phoenix area. area. But we had a great workshop last night, and it was tons of fun. If you're looking for something to do outside the box, you go, I got to do something. I'm bored. I got this stimulus check. I got this unemployment. I'm still working. I'm going crazy. Uh, check out ComedySchools.com or uh, ComedySchoolsRadioNetwork.com and see how you can become a part of this. Uh, you can also um, you can, uh, contact me here on Facebook. Send me a message. And I'd, I'll be happy to talk to you about it. So um, I just wanted to mention that. Two things. We got this beginning workshop. No, three things. Started our beginning workshop last night. Still not too late to join that one. I can get you caught up if you want to join in next week. Got our advanced workshop going. Okay, going to be doing a show on the 17th. And that tomorrow, Saturday, all right, only one show at 7 p.m. Uh, no show at 2 p.m. All right. Hello, Diane Visick. Um, well, here's the next one, ladies and gentlemen. All right, once again, this is a little offbeat, but this is cool. 
Everybody see that? You saw it on Facebook Live. Everybody see that on YouTube? Show it to you on Facebook Live again. Make sure I got it where you can see it. There you go. So, who is that, ladies and gentlemen? That is, uh, once again, someone who was like the touchstone of so many things, Joan Baez. One of the most incredible voices in the history of recorded music, Joan Baez. Okay, and this is on Vanguard Records. And the cool thing about Vanguard Records is it was the, um, the folk music label of the early 60s. And on this album are all classic folk songs. And it's a beautiful album. Beautiful. Uh, songs like uh, Silver Dagger, East Virginia, Fare Thee Well. Uh, I actually know that tune. House of the Rising Sun. Uh, all My Trials, Wildwood Flower which is, uh, was a great uh, early uh, 1920s, 30s uh, song, I think done by the Carter family. Donna Donna, John Riley, Rake and the Rambling Boy, Little Moses, Mary Hamilton, Henry Martin, and El, El Prezo Numero. My Spanish is not that good. This is a Vanguard record. I don't see a year on it, but it's got to be very early 60s. Uh, her voice was the voice of the, um, the folk generation for the college kids coming up listening to folk music folk music had a big resurgence of popularity and i can tell you the whole long story i know why uh in the 50s in america um and joan baez emerged uh, as a young woman who whose voice gave voice to so many great forgotten songs uh later on of course she um she uh recorded bob dylan music and uh she had a huge hit with the night they drove old Dixie down, the um, the great song by the legendary rock group, the band, and of course her last final big hit, although she still plays and sings, was uh, um, "Diamonds and Rust," where she wrote a song about getting a phone call from a drunken Bob Dylan decades, decades after their uh, brief but quite white hot affair. So Joan and Bob were an item for a while. Joan was a great interpreter of Bob's songs, but after a while, there was no better interpreter of Bob's songs, and he just kind of left her. But uh, if you want to hear a wonderful voice, listen, just do yourself this favor, okay? Because uh, it's already an older song, not as old as this record I showed you, which is from the early 60s. Uh, Google or YouTube Diamonds and Rust by Joan Baez. It is heartbreakingly beautiful. There's also a weird thing. Uh, uh, Judas Priest did a uh, heavy metal version of it. Well, I hope I am. There comes your voice again. So uh, two uh, musical, uh, two things that are talking about musically, Joan Baez and the Four Tops. Uh, once again, a lot of us are going on this inner journey. We're not going on the great outer journey right now. There will be time for that again. We'll be doing it. We'll be out there in America, in the world. But right now, we could do a lot of inner exploration, Okay. Become, again, with all that's around you. Open your senses up a little bit, you know? It's not going to hurt. It's going to feel good. Listen to new things. Okay, find those books laying around your house that you bought that you never read, all right? DJ, a book, is a, it's got paper in it. It's got a lot of words on it. Um, I think I'm going to wrap up for today. I uh, want to thank everybody who watched uh, here on Facebook Live. Thank everybody who watched on YouTube on the Comedy Schools channel. I want to thank uh, everybody who listened on ComedySchoolsRadioNetwork.com. Uh, tomorrow night, I got a boatload of jokes for you. It's going to be a jokey joke, joke, joke night. I'm going to tell all the jokes I've been writing about all this stuff for the last couple of months. I found them all, along with some new ones too. All for you, okay? 
All for you on Living on a Thin Line. I'm Tony Vizic for my producer, who just happens to be my wife, Shirley Lowe Vizic, and without whom this would not be going on. I want to thank you, all right? And I will see you tomorrow. Love you. Happy Good Friday. Bye-bye. All right, YouTubers. I'll see you tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. Thanks for watching. I'm going to go eat a sandwich.